Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. I'm in New York City and I am a participant on a beautiful few days here at the Hadar Institute's um, Singing Communities Intensive. Uh, which is four days over the week of Christmas of singing all kinds of different music but in community in a way that is so uh, enriching and empowering and inspiring. And I'm here with um, one of my teachers, one of the teachers on the program, uh, a Talmud uh, and text teacher uh, from the Hadar Institute who is in the final stages of finishing her PhD in Talmud and a wonderful teacher who definitely integrates um, music uh, and nigun melody in, into her teaching. And so I'm, I'm really, really delighted to uh, welcome almost Dr. Aviva Richman. <laughs> Hi, Aviva. Welcome. Happy to be here with you. So we're going to just reflect for a few minutes on... on the power of music, maybe in the experience of, of, of liberation, because we are in the week where we are beginning the second book of Torah, the book of Shemot, the book of Exodus, which is the narrative of uh, slavery into into redemption, and which is so central to our to our narrative as a people, and, and many people have a, a, a redemption narrative at their heart, and of course, song plays a part in that. So first of all, Aviva, I'd love to just invite you to reflect a little bit on on the ways in which music and song has been part of your own uh, spiritual life, if you like, your own life of ritual and practice. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's so hard to imagine life without music and prayer. Some of my earliest memories are from going to this little little shtibel, a little synagogue right up the street from my mom's house. Um, I think I was about six years old at the time. And it was just like being immersed in this little tiny garage um, filled with song. The rabbi there, really, he wrote a lot of melodies and it was just like entering into a little ocean of music and prayer. Um, and I think a lot of my impression of this from the beginning was um, song was a really real thing. It wasn't like sing-along time. It wasn't, you know, just kind of like, okay, check that one off the list and move on. I, I was surrounded by um, really people of all ages who just sort of threw themselves into this music. And I have some memories of sitting on my mom's lap at um, the third meal of Shabbat when it was sort of a smaller crew of people who would gather around and eat, not a lot of food, but sing a lot of music. <laughs> and just sitting on her lap and kind of closing my eyes and, and being surrounded by what felt like people really going on a journey through, through song and melody. Is there a particular <laughs> melody in Nigun that, that comes to you right now that might relate to that? Memory. Yeah, this is one that's all that that this rabbi, Rabbi Menachem Goldberger, always sings the, at the third meal. 
just changes the whole feeling it's it sort of transports the whole being to a, to a different place that kind of music thank you so yesterday um, I had the <coughs> honor of being in a class you were t teaching facilitating a discussion around singing into the chaos and uh, the, the premise, I guess, or the introduction of the class was that we do live in pretty chaotic times. It's quite difficult to find our, our way sometimes and find a sense of hope. And um, So that question for, for you in, in chaotic times, in turbulent times, in difficult times, what, what role does, does song play? And perhaps even relating to the, the narratives of, of the book of Exodus also. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think that often we, and certainly I, turn to music for comfort, um, for calm, for a sense of just rhythm and, and stability, and as times feel dark, I think, in some ways I'm drawn to music for that. Um, but what I partly wanted to explore yesterday in looking at these stories about King David um, digging down the f to the foundations of the temple and discovering, right, going all the way down to the, to the abyss, the sort of primordial waters, and having to contend with what happens when those waters threaten to flood the earth. Um, I think part of what's so interesting in these two different versions of the story is that in one it seems like music is there to bring stability and order, but in the other it seems like music is there to kind of actually bring us closer to, to the chaos and to what can be scary. Um, and, when, and I think about that a lot when, when it sometimes feels like it's inappropriate to sing a song of comfort or certainly inappropriate to sing a song of joy when times feel really hard. Um, um, I think about the ways in which singing can actually bring us to difficult places and maybe hold us in difficult places and, and not sort of pretend that the music will get us out of that, but that actually music can sort of just help us be in, be in our confusion and be in our desire for hope, even if it's not totally clear where that's mm. going to come from. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I was thinking during the discussion yesterday, there's um, a teaching uh, in uh, Tibetan Buddhism that I 
heard through Trumpa Rinpoche about the whole notion of spiritual bypassing, mm. where sometimes we use spiritual experience to to take us out of what's what's in the moment and the difficult feelings. And I think that because that was part of the discussion that sometimes the role of music is not to not to to transcend or leave behind or bypass, but to mm-hmm. as, I, that's what you were just saying to take mm-hmm. us deeply into those places of pain. But what happens? What happens if we sing into the in, right into that pain? Yeah. So, um, so I don't know. I think partly we just we just have to try it and find out. And ideally, I think part of the goal of this week and seminar is the singing community is intensive. That it can be a way of finding community and finding support to sing together. Um, but I think this also this relates to the to the book of Exodus and um, there's sort of there's one triumphant moment of song in the book of Exodus where you know the whole people has crossed the sea and the Egyptians have drowned and that's sort of the moment where there's the eruption in the joyful song of redemption. Um, but today we're going to look at some texts that sort of question how how kind of pure of a moment of redemption that was and whether that was the first time that people sang look at one text that imagines them singing in Egypt even before that final plague the death of the firstborn before they leave right singing actually sitting in their houses in the dark so there's a rabbinic understanding of the story that imagines everybody sitting in their homes in the dark before redemption, they just like think this is all going to happen and hope that you know God will come and deliver them, but, but they actually don't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're singing in the dark. I like to call it right, Hallel in the dark. Like what does it mean to sing when, when you're not really totally sure mm-hmm. that redemption is going to happen? And even after they cross the sea, they're stuck in the middle of a desert. Right. Um, and so what does it look like to, to sing and what is sort of the texture of the song that we're singing when, um, you know, when there's a lot of hope and a lot of despair and a lot of uncertainty um, all mixed together. Um, and I think, you know, that's sort of, that's kind of the song that we all need to be reaching for. Wow. In this it's powerful. It's hard. I mean, when we I think of the Exodus narrative and knowing that for African Americans, for Africans in in the, the appalling conditions of slavery in this country, I recently visited Montgomery, Alabama, and saw the new um, yeah, Legacy Museum and the the um, peace memorial there for uh, for the for the lynched the four the, the four thousand lynched people there. But uh, you, you know when I th- the images that we have so much of people in their chains singing through singing and, and and then using that the same kind of Exodus narratives in that. I mean, is that a similar experience? Do you think? Do you imagine? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I think in some ways it's. In some ways, it seems like it's a much more similar experience than, you know, being in this setting of 
abundance and security at a Passover table with a huge feast. And right. right, we sort of like automatically tell the story in that context where there there can be a sense of security. And I think especially, you know, in the past few months, the Jewish community in America, we've we've been um, experiencing more of a sense of. Mm of uncertainty and fear. And yes, hopefully that makes us more sensitive and aware of experiences of other people who are turning and have turned to these songs of liberation when yeah. um, when the, the journey is really not there yet. And I think part of it is the song that is the song of imagination. And hope hopefully imagination leads to vision, leads to actualization. Beautiful. Well, I'm aware that there are people arriving with the class, and I apologize for, we're going to keep talking for another minute or two, but there is a, some, some noise in the background of people arriving. And so um, as we wrap things, as we wrap things up um, with that beautiful idea that singing can help transform and not just a way of, of um, transcending or escaping reality but taking us even deeper into them and as we think about the different roles that song can play in our lives as we enter this incredible book of Exodus the redemption narratives um, and any final thoughts maybe uh, words of um, blessing encouragement mm. for people out there as we make this transition to this new book and then and then let's yeah. let's let's finish by singing that same okay that maybe same. we'll do part two of that one yeah i just think we cannot underestimate the power of a melody and the power of a melody in community and in relationship i think sometimes we just have much too narrow a view of what music can be mm -hmm. and a lot of this is about through music, opening ourselves up to um, to new possibilities that were just not on the horizon before. Beautiful. Let's sing. Got a real sense of music with chaos here. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Aviva. It's been wonderful talking to you. Thank and um, look forward to learning more with you and good luck as you um, finish your dissertation and become a doctor of Talmud. I mean. See you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to A Dash of Drush. We will see you next time.